and welcome to the first and ten podcast. Um, we are going to be doing a fantasy show, sorry, each and every week through the season. Um, well, I'll get straight into all the people with me. First up, we've got Ash. You're right, Ash. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Now, mate. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. You? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, it's a good first week for you for the Chargers. Yeah, great first week for the Chargers. Yeah, um, this defense finally turned up. We've been talking up, talking them up for so long now, but they, uh, with all them pieces there, yeah, they they produced really well this weekend. So yeah, really chuffed with the uh, with the win against the Raiders in the revenge game. Yeah, now uh, someone not such a good first week. Um, another Patriots fan. It's our Miles. You're right. Hello. Yes. Uh, don't want to talk about the Patriots. Let's move past them for now, please. I mean, we are going to talk about the Patriots <laughs> later, but I don't know. I mean, I don't want to talk about him. You don't want to talk about him. We'll just leave it to the other two. Um, and then join us for the first time on the First and Ten podcast. We've got David. You're right. Hi. How you doing? I've um, still not come down to uh, from the Bears. We're winning the lot, cleaning up. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely happening. I mean, I think we all love Justin Fields. Um, I mean, you, you have actually been on the podcast a few times over the years because you've definitely sort of sent in about 90% of the questions we asked on this podcast in the early days. Yeah, I think a lot of the questions that I used to send in, it was basically me trying to make you laugh, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a few of those. But, uh, but yeah, we, uh, yeah, say, first time on the podcast, but yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, so what we're going to do, we're going to go through, what, six games. I'm going to sort of look at some different players and parts of the team in focus. I'm going to have a quick look at um, a college player each week. Somebody's going to be in a lot of your uh, rookie drafts next year and, where they could go and then uh yeah sort of gonna be it really but um i mean might as well crack straight on i mean david will go straight in with you so your game you first picked out was uh colts versus jags i mean start with the colts i mean any particular player there you're looking at that, uh could have some upside yeah so i've got a um a sleeper wide receiver for me um i'll name him first and then i'll go through the reasons why but um Ashton Doolin for me, a pickup um, for the Colts. I think he's a, there's a potential for him to be the wide receiver too there. Or well, we all know Michael Pittman is the number one. Um, that's that's undisputed, um, clear wide receiver one. Um, lots of targets at the weekend, and Matt, uh, Matt Ryan's a fan. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Pierce coming out. Um, very similar to Christian Watson in that he was he was kind of picked for his athletic profile. Um, I watched a lot of tape of Cincinnati. Um, where his quarterback was uh, Desmond Ridder and tapes available on uh, Dynasty Nerds, by the way. Uh, very stiff with his roots. Just didn't just didn't look very fluid for me. Um, so I wasn't. I've not taken Pierce in any league. I don't. I don't own him anywhere. But I think there's a. I think there's a chance he was the product of a very good Bearcat season because they you know, reached the play the uh, college playoffs before they lost to uh, Darth Saban's Alabama. Um, so I think he might be a product of a, of a very good Bearcat season. He was in for 43 of the uh, total 83 snaps um, with the Colts on Sunday. Um, he only saw two targets of those, and one of them was a really, really bad drop. And mm. I think Matt Ryan wanted him dead after that, and he, <laughs> he kind of disappeared from the game script after. But um, Paris Campbell is there, obviously. He's, he's struggled previously with injuries. Paris Campbell played 63 of the 83 total snaps. It's a decent amount, but he, again, he only had three targets. I like the profile of Paris Campbell for Matt Ryan, quick slot guy. Matt Ryan sometimes looks to get it out very quickly, and, and Campbell's quick, but 
the main injury with the main issue with Paris Campbell is the injury problems. He's not. I don't think he's done a full season yet, and this is his fourth season. Um, yeah. There's another guy at the Colts um, now on American podcasts. They call him Mike Strawn, but to me, it looks like <laughs> Mike Stracken. So. Yeah. Definitely I don't know where, yeah, where Strachan comes from. Obviously, they don't know Gordon Strachan. So, um, yeah, Mike Strachan. But um, he was in for 10 of the 83 total snaps. He had two targets and he only won four routes. But he's got he's got good measurables. He's 6'5", and he runs under a 4'6", 40. Um, so he's another potential dark horse, cheap dark throw. I, think, I really think that the, the wide receiver two position at the Colts is something that could uh, it's, it's there to be taken this year yeah. for anyone. I think Campbell stru- may struggle with injury, and I think Strachan and uh, Doolin are um, a good potential dart throws. But Ashton Doolin on Sunday, he was in for 28 of the 83 total Colt snaps, uh, six targets, catching three for 46 yards. Um, Frank Reich in, in preseason was very abusive in his praise of Doolin. He loved him, and I know we all fall for the, the preseason talk, and is it? You know, is it is it just a preseason talk, and will he actually get a role? Frank Reich said preseason, Ashton Doolin will definitely have a role on the offense, but you never quite know. But then on Sunday, it kind of backed that up a little bit. Um, they've not had much had much speed in the offense really since T.Y. Hilton left. So Doolin's quick; he runs a four four three forty, and he's six foot one, and he weighs two fifteen. So he's he's got the build of a good wide receiver, a good ideal speed size profile. Uh, he's very smooth with his roots and his, his wingspan is 33 inches as well. So he's, yeah, I mean, it's all there for him. I just think that, that like I said, that wide receiver two role is very, very open. And I think yeah. that he's got a chance because because of his measurables and because of, um, yeah, these very smooth route, uh, yeah. route, 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 route. We're going to go with route. Let's <laughs> say. <laughs> During the time of the Falcons, Matt Ryan definitely could carry two, even three wide receivers, couldn't he? So yeah. definitely plenty of room for a player like him. Um, yeah, I mean, right, Frank Wright likes to likes his schemes. He likes to scheme for a dominant move tight end as well. And on Sunday, surprisingly, that was Kylan Granson and not Moelle Cox. I think Moelle Cox was low on snaps. I think Kylan Granson had six targets. So I mean, the targets are there for someone to come through. To join Pittman, I think at the minute it's very, very Pittman dominant, and you know during the season they're going to have to find someone else. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's a very good pass catcher, obviously as well, and they've obviously got um, Naeem Hines, who's excellent as a third down back. He's got a pass catching role. I just see as um, Doolin as a very cheap upside game. I've got him in um, quite a lot of leagues at the moment, and I just think that he's probably going to be on a lot of waivers yeah. uh, this week, and I think he's probably worth an add. Another uh, one reason as well is um, he's on the special team, so he's going to be suited up every week. And he's, you know, once they're suited up and there to play, then he's going to get chances. Yeah. Well, we saw so, players yeah. like what Zach Pascal and players like that over the years there, the last few years, haven't we? That have done pretty well in probably worse offenses than this. So there's definitely yeah. an opportunity for players like him. Yeah, they they just need some speed as well. I mean, Campbell's quick, but if if he goes down, then they've not got a lot of speed. So yeah, I just think there's a there's a role there for him. Yeah, so could be. Yeah, it's going to be available with most leagues, I would guess, and uh, yeah, definitely going to be a lot of upside there. When I say drop him in a couple of weeks, if nothing happens, can't you? Is that sort of play <laughs> just worth to sort of put in on the roster? And yeah, pretty say cheap gamble. Um, well, onto Jaguars. I mean, tight end is a bit of a uh, 
a tough position around the league this year and well has been for god knows how many years now but i mean evan evan engram is he uh yeah, is he a good option yeah. for you yeah i mean you know that i used to love evan ingram about two years ago i think i had him everywhere but um i had really high hopes for evan ingram but um i've dropped those hopes kind of like harry dropped the ball so um, <laughs> yeah i i'm don't really, I think I've got him in a couple of leagues just because I got him cheap, but uh, there could be a chance this year. And, you know, again, it relies on his fitness. Christian Kirk, obviously the undisputed wide receiver one there and the primary option for Trevor Lawrence. I think he was the target leader on Sunday. He's got competition from the Jones brothers, Zay and Marvin. They're obviously not brothers. <laughs> um, both played a um, higher number of snaps. I think it was 59 from 70 for Zay Jones. And 57 from 70 total snaps for Marvin Jones. There was a combined 15 targets for, for Zay and for Marvin. Uh, nine for Zay and six for Marvin. Um, I, I've never really been high on Zay Jones. I mean, the volume was there for him on Sunday, but he did he did drop quite a few. It's just, this is six year in the league and it's been five to six years of, of mere. But he, he, he kind of did well last year with the Raiders. Um, I'm just... I'm just not really convinced by him. There's a mad story about him jumping out of a hotel once naked as well. That's not the kind of guy I want. <laughs> um, Marvin as well, kind of reaching the age apex for, for wide receivers. He looks like he's slowed down a yard to me. And, you know, he's had eight, uh, injury issues previously. I just think if Marvin was still anywhere near what he was, then I don't, I'm not sure he'd be on the Jaguars. I think he'd be on a, on a contender elsewhere. I, I used to like Marvin Jones. I thought he was excellent. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I don't think he'd be on the Jaguars if he still had much left in him. Um, Evan Ingram, Sunday, 51 of the 70 total Jaguars snaps. Uh, he was the clear move tight end. Uh, Chris Mannitz was in there as the blocking tight end. I feel like I should say Chris Mannitz in like a Vince McMahon voice. Chris Mannitz. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, he had, um, yeah, he had uh, four catches on four targets, zero drops for Evan Ingram, zero yeah. drops. <laughs> kind of happened too many times. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that's ever happened before. So, um, yeah, he was four, four on four targets. Um, Doug Peterson, he has uh, a love of ice cream and scheming for tight ends. So, yeah. Um, yeah, again, Evan Ingram needs to steer clear of injuries. It's, it's kind of always been his issue. He's, he's had a good run and then he's got injured and he's struggled to get back in. There's been drops. He's just been very inconsistent. The Giants obviously always um, haven't helped as well with the, the state they've been in the last few years. He's got a very athletic profile. He runs a 4-4-2-40. He's got excellent burst and agility. He's always kind of been more of a big wide receiver than a tight end. Um, but, you know, the tight end position in fantasy football is, is, a, is a bit of a cesspit. Um, beyond the big four and I just think that Ingram's probably cheap he's um, still available on a lot of waiver wise or he's you could probably pick him up for a, a you know a late second early third fourth but um yeah people seem to have soured on him and I'm, I'm one of those people but I think there could be you know a chance for him um this year you know he, he could get injured next week and the Jaguars could end up being terrible but I just think it's a decent upside gamble for a low cost. And um, yeah, Pete, uh, Doug Peterson does like his tight ends usually. And um, Trevor Lawrence always liked his tight end in college as well. So there is a chance for him. But yeah, there's always the, the, the risk with Evan Ingram of injury and, and drops. But I just think it's a cheap option at tight end when there's not a lot out there past the top four. I think it's a position in particular where you just have to sort of gamble that some of these players are going to break out because as you said if you don't get one of their big four then 
it's just just putting someone in the lineup and hoping really isn't it, each week because <laughs> that's the tight end drops a zero and well Cole come out this week and yeah. you know plenty of oh, others it's uh yeah so he's definitely worth a gamble and say so he's um definitely an opportunity there so the talent's always been there but just whether he can uh convert it but I mean you'd have to think that Jags offense is gonna be a bit better this year compared to what it was last year and there were signs at the weekend wasn't there but so I don't think it can get them. much worse than under Urban Meyer. So. No, exactly. And uh, mm. you said Pedersen loves a, loves a tight end. So, yeah, definitely worth a pick up there. Um, well, we'll move on to your game, Miles. You've gone for the Raiders versus the Cardinals. Um, mm-hmm. as well start quarterback. Derek Carr wasn't exactly great last week, but, I mean, it's a lot easier assignment, I'll say, against the Cardinals than the, the Chargers. I mean, is he going to be better this week? Are you sort of got faith in him still? Yeah, I think, you know, I only have him in one of my leagues, but I will start him there because I just think he's usually a lot safer and a lot tidier. His ceiling is relatively low a lot of the time, but his floor's really high. He's usually a really safe bet. So that was a really, really messy game for him at the weekend, but he still did okay in the end. And, you know, with Adams there, it's kind of like, you know, he, you know, he's probably going to be sort of productive regardless of the situation think Adams was just an absolute well he was I think there was a stat wasn't there that Adams was better Adams had more yards than all the Packers receivers put together over the weekend so I think when you've got that as him as a supporting cast for Derek Carr you kind of can't really go wrong with him he's just a really really safe bet yeah so yeah I would I'm I'm sticking with him I think he's going to do a lot better I think the Cardinals D didn't look great. I mean, Mahomes and Co. make everyone look bad, but I just there was there's there wasn't a lot there on the Cardinal side of the ball. So I'm I'm pretty happy going with Derek Carr again. I mean, any worries anyone had about the Cardinals' defense this year sort of played out, didn't they last week? Um, yeah, yeah. So Adams definitely gives him a, a decent floor, doesn't he? Just like he raises Carr's floor as well. Yeah. But I mean, Hunter Redfro. I mean. What do you think about him he, this year? Just, he wasn't he his last year with um yeah, his last year was was when you had to sell him and I, I didn't. I tried, I tried <laughs> in a lot of leagues, but no one was buying. Everyone had the same idea as me. This is it for Renfro, this is his best ever season. But I still think he can be a viable option as a wide receiver three if you need one or something like that. But he his his sell window has passed now. He's not as good as He's, he's, I think he's now that there's an alpha there, an actual alpha, he's kind of not really the guy anymore. But I still like him. I think he could be okay from week to week, especially with Adams drawing coverage away. And, you know, if Waller isn't always completely healthy, then there's an option there for him. But yeah, I think Renfro got really lucky last season with his situation. Um, he's not really a safe fantasy play, but. I would still, he's worth rostering because you're not really going to get much from him now, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it's tough for players like that, isn't it? All these people that are down as sell highs in articles and podcasts each week say, I'm sure we'll do something at some stage, but, yeah, but I mean, everyone's got the same idea. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's all good and well saying Renfro is a sell high, you know, back in January or whatever, but if no one's going to buy, no one's going to send you a first for Hunter Renfro, yeah. so... You're kind of you're kind of stuck with him, you know. You just got hope that he won you a championship yeah. as the wide receiver eleven in PPR, and then move past. But yeah, I mean, running backs in 
um, well, Las Vegas Oaks, and I went to say there. I mean, we obviously we saw McDaniel's when he was at the Patriots. That I mean, changed from one week to the next. Into the uh, the lead running back was a lot this time there. But I mean, is Jacobs the clear number one there? Well, it looks that way, doesn't it? Because going into the season, I thought that that it would be a messy running back situation, especially after they drafted um, White, but. It kind of, you know, White got four touches on, got four snaps on special teams over the weekend, and uh, Jacobs was the lead back. He outcarried Bolden by ten to three. So maybe there is actually a, a lead back situation developing in Vegas, which we kind of didn't expect. Especially, well, I definitely didn't. So, yeah, I think Jacobs seems to be a good, a good guy to have right now. Um, I still think White is a good buy low because. Jacobs isn't going to be around forever. And, you know, Zamir White profiled really well. He ran a 440 in the combine. So, I, you know, I do have a lot of faith in Zamir White. Bolden isn't a, a bell cow lead back type. So, yeah, I think White's there in the shadows, might not do anything this season, but he's definitely someone I'm targeting in a lot of leagues at the moment because his usage is non existent at the moment. So, he's a definite buy low for me. Well, we said about selling high stuff. Is Jacobs that sort of player? Sort of sell him now while you can still get some value. Do you think after this year that might be it? And or do you think he's just hold on and just hope he just carries you to a a title or something if he uh, if he is the lead back? Yeah, I think you might as well hold on. I think you've also got to remember that now with Devonte Adams there, there's not going to be a lot of stacked boxes, and you know he, they he, Adams can stretch the field give a lot of running room for Jacobs but that being said they only ran it with him 10 times uh at the weekend so you're gonna have to just watch it Te- you know be be patient with Jacobs I think but I still think he's a you know he's a good lo- high-end RB2 low-end RB1 in a lot of weeks this season but yeah I wouldn't I'm not banking on him a lot but I, I, he's in that clouded area of sellers probably want to get a first but buyers don't want to pay more than a, a high second so you're kind of in that no man's land with him which basically means hold yeah it's, you're not going to get the price for him either that you probably need for the value um on the cardinal side of the ball um i mean hopkins stood out for another what's week six he come back week seven yeah, sorry. So, um, yeah week six i think any seven. uh wide receivers there you're particularly interested in i liked dorch i thought he was because with um with Moore out, Rondell Moore was out. I think Dorch steps up and kind of did that role where he sort of moved around the line and, you know, he could run a go or a slant or he was, you know, lined up in the slot a couple of times. I think he was a lot more versatile than a lot of people thought. He, I added him before the week in a couple of leagues because I just thought, well, you know, they're missing a lot of guys. He's, you know, AJ Green, bless him, good history, but he's not, he's not the guy anymore, is he? So... All you've got is Hollywood Brown. And as much as I like him, he's a quite a one-dimensional player. He's more of your, your go guy, throw it over the top to him. So, yeah, Greg Dorch was really, really good, I think, for, you know, especially against that KCD, which I thought were pretty solid. Um, I would say he's the kind of guy that, you know, he's not going to have much to do once more comes back, once Hopkins comes back. But, you know, he was fine to fill in. And he will be fine to fill in for the next few weeks, I think. Yeah, short-term cover for maybe some injuries, that type yeah. of thing. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, good. I mean, on Brown, I mean, what do you think about him 
now he's on the Cardinals. Do you think he's got some value or yeah, no, I'm big, I'm big, big Hollywood, big Hollywood Brown fan. I think he actually might benefit from Hopkins coming back because he was kind of phased out quite a bit over the weekend. And I think people are going to be a bit like, oh, well, Hopkins is back now. Brown, they're going to fade Brown a bit. And I think that that was a good time to target Brown because Hopkins is not going to be around forever. He's great, but he's not going to be about forever. Hollywood and Kyla have chemistry. They played together in college. I, I really, long term, I'm, I'm taking Hollywood. And I think that's a good good time to target him would be as soon as as soon as Hopkins is back in the mix go by Hollywood Brown yeah I mean it's sort of player that could almost benefit from having Hopkins there isn't it could open things yeah. up for him a little bit mm. um I mean James Connor didn't have the best of weeks did he um any worries about him or would you feel sort of confident I don't like him I don't I don't have him anywhere I sold him the only share of him I had I sold him don't like him this year didn't really yeah. like him last year, but he, he's <laughs> turned out all right because he scored a load of touchdowns. But I mean, he had 15 touchdowns last yeah. year. I mean, touchdowns aren't sustainable. They're yeah. very, very, you know, that's not a good metric to go by. And yeah, he was very touchdown dependent. I think he averaged 2.6 yards per carry at the weekend, which is obviously really poor. And I just, you know, even Benjamin looks good. I, I don't think it's a case of, of Connor being really, really good. I just think he's a lot more of a physical back. That they're going to give the ball to at the goal line, I don't. I just. I don't like him at all. I really don't. And I, maybe it's because he's disappeared for me in a couple of fantasy weeks, and I'm still holding the <laughs> grudge. But I just. I'm just not a fan of him. He's too touchdown dependent. He's getting on. He's old in running back years, which are like dog years. So yeah, completely out on Connor. That's uh, pretty conclusive, that then. Um, <laughs> right, well, we'll move on to your game, Ash. Um, I mean, no surprise which game you've picked here. Uh, first up, mm-hmm. you've got the Chargers versus the Chiefs on Thursday night football. I mean, yep. it's first thing, fantasy-wise. Keenan Allen missing. I mean, it's, who do you think is going to step up and take those targets? Because, I mean, he gets plenty of targets each week, doesn't he? So there's definitely some to go around in a pretty high-powered offence. Yeah, I mean, if you watch the Raiders game, um, for the Chargers' point of view, Herbert spread the ball around quite a bit when when Allen went down. So I think that we're going to obviously need the big guys to step up if you want to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs over the weekend. So you're going to have you, you're going to need big performances from Mike Williams and Eckler. So get them in your lineups. You're going to have to do that. You you do it anyway. It's going to be quite a high scoring game. But Herbert doesn't really funnel targets all the time to one receiver. If the guy's not open, he'll look for Guyton. He'll look for this on this uh, last week. He looked for Carter and he'll look for Everett as well. So I think that we're, we will hopefully expect someone to step up in Keenan's role, but I think it will be more of um, more of a few guys that do it in some respects. Um, I think that if you've got Mike Williams, put him in your lineup. I think last week was just game plan. It didn't quite work out. He always does quite well against the Chiefs. So get him back in your lineups. Eckler does well against the Chiefs. Get him back in your lineups. Don't don't be down on him just because there wasn't a touchdown from him this weekend. Um, and I think that a sneaky flex play this week would maybe be someone like Palmer because I think that if you see how the game progressed, they wanted to get Palmer involved, but the kind of the big plays happened in Carter 
Carter and Everett kind of got them big plays, even though they weren't targeted as much as Palmer. So I would I would probably still look at getting Palmer in your lineup as a, a cheeky flex player, especially if you're playing like 10 starters and stuff like that. So yeah, Keenan's going to be a big miss. Obviously, if people are selling him and you think actually I can get by with not having Keenan in my lineup and he'd probably be very good for me down the home stretch, then it would be a good time to buy Keenan Allen as well. I think that probably the likely scenario is probably maybe a couple of weeks, two or three. So if you can get him back two or three weeks and you reckon you can get by, then now is the time to buy Keenan Allen because I don't think he's going to be any lower than he is this whole season. Definitely. Uh, he's just solid as a rock, isn't he? Every year he's, he's, he's always going to sort of, just get you the catches, get you the touchdowns. But, I mean, on Carter, do you think he is a player that can sustain what he did last week? Or is it just a flash in the pan and he's probably going to disappear again? Yeah, I wouldn't bank on it, put it that way. I wouldn't be saying, oh, yeah, he's going to come in, he's going to get 10 targets, because I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that if he does put up any points, it'll be something similar as there'll be like a touchdown, it'll be like a long touchdown, things like that, because they brought him in basically as a, like a wide receiver five and basically for the punt and kick returns, because he's basically the... Um, I can't remember who was there last year off the top of my head, but we basically brought him in as a punt and kick return guy. So he was never really going to be at the wide receiver we'd rely on. There was four guys ahead of him. So I think it's just a case of Herbert being Herbert. And he was just, he was just so good this weekend, Herbert. He was just absolute laser. Um, and he just spread the ball around because if you're going to blanket Mike, then fine, I'll just target someone else. So I think that you, you've got an opportunity for Cut for Carter to pick up some points, but I wouldn't really be banking on it if I was going to be trying to play the safe game if I was a fantasy owner, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to like confidently start those sort of players, isn't it? But if you if you're desperate, you can definitely put him in for the upside. I mean, running back, is it all Eckler? Do you think there's anyone else that can be a relevant fancy a fancy running back this season? Yeah, I think a, a sneaky outside bet for this game would be that Sonny Michelle gets used quite a bit, um, just because obviously if you want to keep Mahomes off the field, you run the ball, basically. So they obviously have to do it efficiently, but I think Michelle could probably do that. And as as a cheeky bet, I think that maybe Michelle gets maybe an anytime touchdown or so. If you really are struggling for a flex play, then I would probably say, other than Williams, Everett, and Eckler, I would actually probably say the next best one to put in your lineups would probably be Sony. So that would be my flex sort of play if you're going to look at it as a sleeper and you you need someone if you're you're a bit you're a bit desperate this week. Yeah, so definitely a good call. I mean, on the Chiefs side of the ball, I mean, obviously the Chargers defense, as you've already mentioned, was pretty great against the uh, Raiders. Are you worried about any of the players there, or are you sort of comfortably starting? Oh, we we know the names of the Chiefs, really, don't we? So there's not yeah. not anyone particularly that's uh, going to call out that's that sort of dark horse there. But are you to feel confident starting all those players, or do you think the Chargers yeah, can uh, hold someone down? Yeah, I think Mahomes is Mahomes. He's he's not got the greatest records against us. We've always been we've always turned him over a few times, and he's not he's not had his all his own way. We've come up big. Mike Williams has come up big in a few games, but. Mahomes, you still you're not not going to start Mahomes in your fantasy leagues. You're not not going to start Kelsey in your fantasy league. So, them players are givens. Obviously, you, they'll probably spread the ball around because I think the last time we played the Chiefs, Derwin didn't play and Kelsey went off. But obviously, this time Derwin's playing. So, 
you can maybe expect a little bit more of a blanketing session from Derwin over Kelsey, because I think that if you take away Mahomes' safety blanket, now you're looking at some of these other guys to step up. So it'll be interesting to see who the wide receiver one will be this week. Obviously, Juju was it last week. Um, but knowing Mahomes like it is, sometimes he just spreads the ball around and you end up getting a big week from Nicole Hardman or someone like that. So get obviously get your Chargers players in your lineup, get your get your um, Chiefs players in your lineup. And if you're struggling for flex players, you probably could look at these two teams and, and chuck some of them guys in just because, you know, it'd probably be quite high scoring. So there's always that potential for that big play and that big sort of touchdown or whatever so yeah I'd be, I'd be definitely putting all my Chiefs players and all my Chargers players in my lineup this week yeah I mean running back's a tough spot for the Chiefs isn't it I mean what do you think about that because I mean Edwards Alaire I mean looked pretty good to me but he got out carried didn't he by 12 to 7 there I mean do you feel confident starting him or do you think we'll say he scored two touchdowns receiving didn't he but I mean mm. is it is he the number one there or are you, are you worried I think about he's him? The- yeah, I think he's the number one there. I think like game plan wise, they were so they were up so much in that first half that they could just rely on other guys to sort of do the job and just see the game out. Um, the Chiefs don't really notoriously run the ball that well, um, and the Chargers they've normally had us absolutely stinking um, run defense, um, and they still didn't really put up big numbers, maybe like Denver have and Raiders have against us in the past. But now we've got Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson. I, I would still expect us to hold up half decently against this, um, against the run against um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because Edwards-Hilaire always wants to bounce it outside. He's not really an eye formation runner, even though he's quite big, but he's not that fast and, and he kind of wants to bounce it outside for some weird reason. That's what he did at LSU. But I just I'd, I'd still worry about Clyde Edwards-Helaire as as a, an actual runner in the league. I mean, they could have had Jonathan Taylor at the pick rather than Clyde Edwards-Helaire. It would have been a different story probably. But he's he's an absolute fine play. Like you're not not going to play him. Obviously, he's probably more of an RB two than an RB one, and especially in deeper leagues, you're always going to play him. But you could get quite an erratic week sometimes with him. You could see if you're only running the ball seven times against the Cardinals. You could you could argue are you banking too much on these TDs and these close range calls? So it would worry me a little bit with Clyde, and but it's, it would worry me anyway with the Chiefs' run game because they've notoriously not had a great run um, game in the last probably eighteen months. So yeah, I would probably still bank Clyde, but if anyone else, I probably wouldn't be looking to start any of them other running backs. Right. So back to you, David. Um... Patriots at Steelers. Um, I mean, this Patriots offense didn't exactly look good, Ugh. did it? But um, yeah, nice groan there from Miles. I feel exactly <laughs> the same when I talk about this Patriots offense this year. I mean, Jacoby Myers is he is he the man there in that offense? Yeah, I I really like Myers. I've, I've liked him for the last two years now. Um, stupidly released him in one league and was as was picked up by my enemy as well so um yeah that's annoying but um no I really um I've really liked him for two years now I just think he's very reliable in general I don't like the Patriots offense I don't want anything being schemed by Matt Patricia or Joe Judge I'm not a big fan of of Mac Jones and I think there's potential O-line issues as well um I don't mind Devante Parker but um he was in for every single offensive Patriots snap Sunday, 56 of 56, and he had two targets 
he's new to the offense may take time and he's an injury worry as well um i'm not sold on nelson Aguilar. um it's nelson Aguilar, isn't it um capable of huge plays very quick but also liable to drop multiple passes um he also got um ruined by that guy on on the philadelphia news that time as well and yeah i don't want nothing to do with a guy like that um he played 33 of 56 snaps, uh, five targets Sunday Aguilar. It was good enough for second on the team. I just think he's very inconsistent. There were rumours in the summer as well that he, he was on the bubble. Um, could have been a cap casualty as well. Um, wouldn't have surprised me with um, Uncle Bill. Um, I think he he doesn't mind cutting players that, um, that he feels he can be without as well. And, and I think Kendrick Bourne at the minute, he seems to be in the doghouse of um, of Bill and um, not many escape from there to tell a positive story. Um, Hunter Henry these days seems to be used primarily as a blocking tight end. Um, he's on a run first offense. He was in for 42 of the 56 snaps, but again, it was only two targets. Um, I like Jonu Smith um, as a move tight end, but last year he was abysmal. Um, I know that there were reports he wasn't fit last preseason, and, and it kind of ruined his season as, as it went on. But um, he's got the athleticism; he's excellent um, for yards after catch, and I, I think there's a chance for him. Um, he seems to have found the place in the offense now. It's positive comments from um, Belichick in the summer, and I don't think you get many out of Bill, but he, he, he kind of seemed to build up Johnny Smith over the summer. He was in for 39 of the 56 snaps on Sunday with four targets and. I'm, I think he's another one to watch for a potential um, cheap ad at, um, tight end. But um, I think he's sometimes someone who needs to be schemed into play. And I just, I don't always trust Pat Patricia or Judge to be able to do that. But again, he's one to watch. Um, back to Myers. He, I think he was in for 49 of the 56 total Patriots snaps. Uh, he's the clear slot wide receiver. There's always volume in the Patriots slot. And I think that's carried over even with um, Patricia and Judge. Uh, he had four catches on six targets for 56 yards. Um, he reminds me a lot of um, Julian Edelman. And he was, again, like Julian Edelman, he was a high school quarterback. Um, he spent years in the Patriots system, like Edelman did previously, in a number of roles before finally securing this slot role. Um, Julian Edelman was the same. He was, he was a returner. And I think Jacoby Myers did some returning as well. Dave, you can confirm that. I think he did. Yeah, it is, yeah. So, yeah, I, I he seems to have taken the same path as Julian Edelman. And, and uh, Bill seems to like smart footballers and people that are just really good footballers. And I think Jacoby Myers is, is of that breed again. But um, he's, he's a clear safety blanket for Mac Jones. It was the same in uh, Mac Jones' rookie year. He, um, he often found Jacoby Myers and, yeah, he liked finding him out of there. Um, he's very good at finding soft spots in his own coverage as well. He just has a good feel for the game. He's just a very good football player. Um, as I said, slot receiver is not a role that necessarily needs scheming as well. So he's likely to get volume in, in the offense. He's still going fairly cheap in, in redraft and dynasties. Um, I've got him in quite a lot. I've got him in late in drafts. And I did one trade um, last year. I think I did um, I'd done Rondell Moore and uh, I, I traded Rondell Moore for Jacoby Myers and the 110 last year so that was that was a, quite a nice deal for me back then because i just yeah. always really like myers and i think he was going to give me more than than Ronda. wow yeah yeah i know but um yeah i think the 110 i took sky Moore as well so sky Moore and um jacoby uh, jacoby myers for um 
one down more, which was which was nice. But um, yeah, he's very cheap at the moment. Yeah, and I understand he doesn't he score many touchdowns. I think he scored one last year. Was that right, Dave Miles? Yeah, his first ever touchdown. He scored like a two point conversion a couple yeah. of weeks before, and everyone's like, get him his first TD. And yeah, then he did. It was, it was lovely. Yeah, it was lovely. But yeah. Um, yeah, he's, and he's got average athleticism as well. He only runs a four six three forty, so and that's another mark against him. But I just, yeah, I think he's a, just a very smart football player. Um, I think Bill really likes him. I think Bill likes players that come up through the system like that. He likes them that have they've had lots of roles on the offense, returners, and yeah, I just think he's. I think Bill's a fan of him. I think Matt Jones is a fan, and and with the other two clowns, I don't. I don't think it's too difficult to find find a role for him as well. So, yeah. Um, if you can get Jacoby Myers, yeah, I think you know a lot of the smart people are on Jacoby Myers. But yeah, if he's available out there, then yeah, I, I'd try and get him. Especially in PPR leagues, he's just such a safe bet, isn't he? He's always going to get his targets, always going to get his catches, and so he's just yeah. a real safe. He's not necessarily going to like cut crazy numbers, but I mean, he's always going to have a decent floor, isn't he? Which is, I mean, pretty valuable in fantasy football, isn't it? Yeah, you know, volumes volumes key in, in fantasy football, and yeah, Myers is Myers is brilliant for that. So yeah, it's, it's a good play for me. I mean, on the Cedar side, I mean, Harris is, I mean, the clear number one there. But I mean, is there anyone else that you think can maybe have some upside and maybe? Yeah, I mean, can... uh, I'm one of these nerds that watches um, the preseason, so um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I liked uh, I liked Jalen Warren from preseason. He was he was really good during the preseason. I know it doesn't always account to anything because they might be playing against guys that will never be on a roster in their life. But you kind of look at preseason. You uh, sometimes I think you can pick out guys that are, that are going to be good. Um, Mike Tomlin was really infused with him during preseason as well. Um, I know that Najee was the clear cut number one there, but he seemed to pass Benny Snell very quickly. I know that Benny Snell. He's essentially um, a trash man, but yeah, he, he passed Benny Snell very quickly um, on the roster and he, he started the season as the backup. Um, Najee at the minute, I think he had the Liz Frank injury during preseason that they were very, very quiet about. I think he gave it away. I think um, he gave it away in an interview that he said he had Mike Tomlin never come out of it, but it was kept very quiet. I don't like running backs with foot and ankle injuries. They tend to linger. Um, Najee has said he's going to be ready for week two, but um, Mike Tomlin wasn't too infused. Um, the key with Najee, in, for me, in fantasy football, is one of the true bell cow running backs in the league. There's not many left these days. It's more of a committee approach from, from most teams, but Najee is one of the, the true bell cow backs in the league. Mike Tomlin always seems to like a bell cow back. Najee's not actually um, explosive. I think among all of his volume last season, I think he had four rushes over 20 yards. So um, his explosive ability for me is probably going to be tempered even further with the foot issues. So, yeah, I'm, um, I don't like these injuries for running backs. Um, it just never seems to go well. Um, as I said, um, Jalen Warren won the, the preseason job over Benny Snell. Um Another thing as well, he's excellent in pass protection and he, he was really good picking up blitzes and that will always get you on, on the field in, in today's NFL. Um, he's very good between the tackles, which is something that the Steelers really value. They don't really seem to use a wide zone run scheme. They kind of like the in between the tackle runners. That's what they seem to like. 
he's on lots of waiver wires right now where he is in leagues that, that I'm not in because I, I skipped him up everywhere. I, I, I've had to move him from taxi squads so he doesn't get poached as well. But yeah, he was what he was one that I, I picked up in lots and lots of leagues. Actually, the league I'm in with Miles, he actually he actually beat beat me to him. So we've got an issue there between us. <laughs> the podcast rivalry. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I've got I picked him up in so many leagues now. Um, yeah, the, the what the injury worries me with Najee. The only the only problems for um, for Jalen Warren, um, the Steelers' O line is not in great shape, so he may struggle for those running lanes inside. Trubisky's not really a quarterback to check down, so Warren may not see him much in the way of pass catching, and we've not really seen much of his pass catching, so we don't know really about that side of things. It's just he's going to be a volume-based play um, if Naji goes down. He's very, very cheap at the minute, and he has the potential to see a lot of work as an RB1, I think, if Naji goes down, because Benny Snell is, is trash and... Um, I mean, he beat Benny Snell out very, very quickly in Priest. He's an undrafted free agent as well. So he's come in there. He's impressed Mike Tomlin with his work and everything that he's done. So, he, yeah, I just think that he's a, he's a huge volume play if Najee um, has more issues with the foot and misses time. So, yeah, get um, Jalen Warren where you can. I mean, if, if Harris does go down, what do you think? Top 20 back? Top 10 back? What can he be? Because, I mean, those players are so valuable, aren't they? If... You're better off having someone like that who's one injury away from being an RB1 than yeah, I mean, just some random backup. With, um, Elijah Mitchell last year, I mean, he come in and he, he was, a, again, he was a volume-based play. He just got so much work in, in that offense. Once Shanahan is another that likes a guy, he'll continue playing him. And I think Mike Tomlin's similar. If he gets a guy that he likes, he's going to continue playing him. And there's there's really not much else there. There's Like I said, there's Benny Snell and... They released Anthony McFarlane. So, yeah, there's just not a lot there. And I, I think he could be, I mean, this might look stupid if he comes in and he's trash, but I think he, there's a chance he could be a league winner if Najee goes down. Yeah. I mean, we've seen with like Montgomery next to Trubisky over the years and stuff, haven't we? That, I mean, it's pretty decent for a running back, isn't he? Where he runs himself. It does open things up a little bit. But, yeah, definitely an interesting pickup for sure. Um, on to your game, Miles. Cowboys at Bengals. I mean, it wasn't the greatest start for the Bengals, was it? But no, do you put that down no, to a bit of rust up against a tough defense? What do you think that is? It was, I, I mean, a lot of it is those turnovers were just really, I think they could have gone either way a lot of the time. It's like Joe Burrow isn't that kind of player. He's not a messy guy. He doesn't give the ball away a lot. So it was, I was, I was fuming because I started Joe Burrow everywhere. But I, you know, I had to live with it. Whatever. I think the Bengals bounce back. I think they don't, they don't, they don't give it up that much ever again this season. I don't think you're going to see Joe Burrow have five turnovers in a game again this season. But it was just insane. Um, I think the Cowboys look really bad, like really bad. And now they've lost Dak. It's going to be even worse. I think the Bengals can bounce back. They'll run the football really well. I mean, you look at Mixon; he was just. He was automatic. You give him the ball, he progresses it. You, you know, you're getting first downs and whatever. You know, he had 34 touches at the weekend. Don't really have any issues with any of the Bengals starters other than Higgins, who looks like he could miss a week or two with this concussion. But yeah, I think if you've got a Bengal starter on your roster, just start them because, I mean, Jamar Chase, you're not going to not start him. Um, 
Boyd is a good bet. And I think, you know, maybe, maybe Hayden Hurst, you know, especially if Higgins misses time. Um, yeah, so I just, I just, I think we're capitalizing on Dallas being bad and people thinking that Bengals are a bit bad when they're not. I would just, I'm all in on the Bengals still. I think they'll win their division. I think, I think this is a good week. This will be a good week for Cincy um, as fantasy players. So, um, mixer, um, sorry, mixer. Uh, Burrow had a uh, a bit of a disrupted off season, didn't he? Was it appendicitis? I think. I remember yeah, he had an operation. Yeah. yeah. So I don't mean a diet. Say, definitely to me, just looked a bit rusty. I just don't mean it's that same quarterback. I think, yeah, come out this week against a much easier test to yeah. the Cowboys for sure, isn't it? But yeah, I think uh, I don't think there's any real worries about this Bengals offense. Um, on the other side of the ball, um, I mean. <laughs> What, what do you do with players like C.D. Lamb now that it's going to be Cooper Rush there, not Dak? I mean, is I'm he still annoyed. is he still startable? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just... C.D. let me down last week. I think he let a lot of people down because I think I, I get that Tampa are a really good side, but C.D. looked like he wasn't able to be an alpha, which was really, really frustrating because... Everywhere. I get he was locked up a lot of the time, you know, he was double covered a lot, but he does need a lot of, he does need other pieces around him to open things up. And once you've got him the ball, he's, he's great. You know, he basically, you know, he's, he's a great, he's great, but he just wasn't, he wasn't getting separation. His body language looked, I'm, I'm no body language expert. And I could tell that he almost looked like, do you know, what? I don't need this right now. I'm, I'm a bit tired, a bit sick of this. Like, he was he was all over the place. He didn't look himself. Um, and now with Cooper Rush, it's like, well, you you have to play him. You have to play your studs. But it's you, you're playing him because you've invested a lot in getting him, not because you think he's going to be a, a a home run hitter this week. But I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's unlike just, it's unlike you're going to have a better option than him on your roster, isn't it? Really? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, see, you know, CD's going to be one of your top guys and you're not you're not really like I mean Noah Brown outproduced him last week but you're not going to start Noah Brown over CD Lamb are you like I mean if you do you're you're crazy and it would have worked at the weekend but I just he's a selection headache for me and he's going to be that way every single week until Dak gets back because you don't want to start him but you will and then when he doesn't produce you're gonna be like well who else was I going to start and you know but yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna say that start CD Lamb. If anything, if you don't have him, buy the dip now because he's he's looking bad without Dak and without the supporting cast around him of Gallup and Washington. And yeah, I just go get CD if you if you want him. But he's I'm annoyed thinking about starting him this weekend already. I know that he's gonna drop like five point eight points, and I'm gonna be fuming that there's someone with six on the bench. But you know, you be, be patient with CD. You know, he'll probably be fine later on in the season when Dak gets back and they get things going. But it was a horrible, horrible start, and gonna yeah, he's gonna he's gonna do my head in for the next eight weeks. Yeah, say so it's uh yeah definitely a tough start. I mean, running back for the Cowboys. I mean, I think Pollard was a bit of a sort of darling for a lot of fantasy players, wasn't he? But um, I mean, Zeke still out touched him. Um. Is Elliot still the man, or is yeah, Pollard's but not going to take it over? Or... Elliot's, I, 
they've never really given Pollard, even when like last year when Zeke was kind of like a bit banged up or whatever. I don't think they trust Pollard with a bell cow role, but at the same time, they don't want to they don't want to run Zeke into the ground, even though they're paying him what sixteen million a year or whatever. So. You know, Zeke had 10 carries and one catch at the weekend, which is, you know, only three more touches than Pollard had. So they're kind of getting a similar workload. But yeah, I, I, it's just a horrible season for the Cowboys going, looking forward. And I think Pollard is, is, you know, they're both really explosive. Pollard, you know, he's he catches the ball out of the backfield a lot. Good, good play in PPR. Always projected a lot of points. But if you get a repeat of last week, you're gonna, you know, I started him in a lot of in a lot of leagues, and I um, really got egg on my face for doing that. But yeah, I just it was h- tough for the Dallas running backs because nothing was happening at all. It's not that they were near the goal line or anything like that. You just kind of you're trying to generate offense with these two running backs, a wounded quarterback, and not a lot of um, options downfield. So I think again. They're going to cause a lot of headaches. I probably am going to avoid starting Pollard for a bit. But Zeke, Zeke's their guy. They'll give him the early down work. He's a safe play most weeks. But they just need to, you know, once they get near the goal line, Zeke's golden, isn't he? Like, I think they will keep running Zeke on early downs. But, you know, he's not the high-end RB1 that he used to be. And he probably won't reach those heights again. He'll have the odd week where he's great. But um. I'm out on Zeke this year, really. I think he'll be too expensive for the low return you'll get. I mean, do you think Rush being in at quarterback, do you think that makes it harder for them? Or do you think there's going to be more opportunity there? Or what do you think I mean, if Rush Rush in at quarterback, they might just run Zeke a bit more and be like, well, what else are we going to do? Because Cooper yeah. Rush is not good. So it's, and I, you know, but again, we're going to, I guess we'll get to see over the next couple of weeks who Cooper Rush likes to throw the ball to. Is he going to target? Is he going to force feed CD Lamb or is he going to force feed Dalton Schultz or is he going to target Noah Brown or Gallup when he's back? You know, I just, it's because of the unpredictability of the Dallas team right now. No one is really a safe, safe play at the moment. But at the same time, you don't, you're not going to bench CD Lamb or, um, uh, Zeke, are you? So, no. you, you, but you, there'll be weeks where you should have done it, but you're not yeah. going to do it. So, I think it's a messy situation to get, but you know, I'm going to probably add Cooper Rush in a league or two out of desperation. I've got, I've got Cooper Rush in one of the first and 10 leagues. So, um, Dak in one of the first and 10 leagues. So I'm going for him in one of them, but yeah, it's just the Cowboys fantasy wise are a mess this year, but. I'm still, I'm still thinking Zeke is the safest player of all of them. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Right, Ash, we'll move on to your game next. 49ers versus Seahawks. Um, I mean, might as well start the Seahawks. DK Metcalf, he had seven receptions this week, but only 36 yards. I mean, it's not really what we've come to expect from him in the past, like when he was with yeah. Russell Wilson, but I think that's going to be more of what we see from him, a lot more sort of shorter plays and... Yeah, not maybe not the yards, but still sort of the, the volume. Yeah, I think so. I think that's going to come down to Geno Smith, really, because obviously he's not Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson doesn't really use the inside of the field. He goes big on the outside of the field. That's where obviously DK's predominantly always, he was always been that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a different Seattle offense than we, what we're used to, especially from the receivers. I don't think you're going to get them big 
plays where you have like five catches for 150 and two, what Lockett used to part with Russell and same with, with Metcalf. I think you might have to tamper your expectations a little bit with, with those guys. I think they'll still be fine. They'll be more than adequately sort of wide receiver two, wide receiver three, flex play kind of guys. You might get a big week one now and again out of them, but I would still think that Geno, Geno Smith will limit that um, sort of big, big upside play that Russell Wilson used to give them guys. So, yeah, I would say temper your expectations on them, but you, you can still definitely lock and load them in as flex plays 100%. So you're going to get them 45-pointers you get from Lockett once or twice a yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, running back, is it Rashad Penny there? Or do you think someone else is viable there? Yeah, uh, Rashad Penny this week's fine. Um, start Rashad Penny. I think this is probably the last week you can definitely count on him to get volume because um, the talk is that Kenneth Walker might even be back this week. Um, so they might integrate him, but they might limit his snap count. So I would definitely still play um, Penny. I think that um, the 49ers, I think... I would probably say they're roughly about the same sort of um, um, running run game as the Broncos. So they, they, it's going to be hard to get these big yardage plays, but he's got not got a bad record against the 49ers. So I would definitely still play Penny this week just because I think that they're going to just limit um, Walker's workload um, this first week that he's back. That's fair. I mean, fine on them. Geno Smith, I mean, pretty solid against the Broncos. Was he 23 for 28? Almost 200 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I mean, is he someone you think you can start in fantasy if you sort of need to? I mean, no one's going to be choosing to start, I don't think. But, I mean, as a sort of QB2 in a super flex league, do you feel comfortable starting him? Yeah, I do. I think that if you look around the league where you're obviously getting other, you've got other players like Jacoby Brissett, you've got Goffs, you've got Cooper Rush, you've got Flacco, like definitely be starting Gino above any of those guys. So I'd be more than comfortable in a, in a two QB league for sure to be starting him. Obviously one QB league, you won't even need to be worrying about Gino Smith on your waiver wires, but yeah, definitely in a two QB league, if he's not owned, then you have to definitely go out and get him now for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's got good weapons there, hasn't he? So always going to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Um, on the 49ers side, I mean, do we just write this week off as a, a weather game or, is there anything to worry about there? I mean, Lance didn't look great, did he? But I mean, do you just put that down to just one of those days where, I mean, he's probably not going to play another game in those sort of conditions for the next three years. So, I mean, what do you think about him there? Yeah, I mean, with the 49ers, I think with they've obviously lost Elijah Mitchell this week. So it's obviously going to be a massive loss for them. They'll probably bring in Jeff Wilson, probably be the main back after him. So get him in your lineups. You, Definitely get be getting his uh, workload this week. He's gonna be the number one um, ad, I think, this week, isn't he? Yeah, he's gonna definitely be number one of the one of the top ads for sure. Um, Lance will definitely be using his legs more. I do, I do quite, I do worry about him as a thrower. So, Ayuk at the moment would worry me actually as a, um, a, a as an owner of him. I think Debo is going to be mixed in with Wilson, so you're still going to get. Um, your target shares from from even his, and and your points as well from, just from his running. So Debo's a lock, obviously, to start. The interesting point for the 49ers this week will be if George Kittle's fit. So the talk is last week he travelled. Um, so and this week there's far more positivity coming out of camp that he's going to play. I think that if he does play, I think it, he might go off. Just how I looked at how Seattle played against Denver. Um, 
it looked like there was a lot of space there for some tight ends on both both the teams, really. I mean, Denver and Seattle gave up a lot of play, but you could definitely see that Kittle might be that safety blanket Lance needs just to get that confidence up. And I think that they might target that big time. So I would not even, if he's fit as well, I would not even be surprised if he's the tight end one this week, um, Kittle. I think they're going to target him loads if he's fit. So definitely be putting him back in your lineups if um, if he's a, if he's fit this week. Is there one of them players that can open things up a bit more for some of these other players, or do you think there's just not enough targets to go around with Lance in the lineup? Yeah, I think that they're going to limit him. They're going to they're going to try and make it make sure that they don't put too much on his plate. I think obviously being what we're like, he's not a rookie, but he's obviously he's in the learning teething stages of his of his career. I think that they they. They didn't get anything out of him week one. And I think that you, the worst thing to do is try and put too much on his plate week two before they get his confidence up. So I think that most of the points scored with Lance this week will be on his legs. But you can hopefully, if Kittle's back, they can rely on two safety blankets, which is Debo and um, and Kittle. And obviously, you're still going to get your run game from Wilson. So it's going to be interesting to see how they line up this week. Um, but I would definitely be putting in... Um, them, especially Kittle and Debo, still in my fantasy lineups. You mentioned it already, but are you? Do you think? Do you feel comfortable starting him, or is it just sort of a bit of a wait and see? If you haven't got a better option, <laughs> just go with yeah, him. Per- but if you've got anything I- else, then go with that. <clears throat> yeah, personally, I would. I would probably stay clear as a sit sort of player this week, mainly just because I think the volume might not be there, and um, especially if Kittle comes back, you're talking about another mouth to feed. So. Yeah, I would definitely be holding off. If you've got to start him, then fine. But if you've got better options, even if you've got some of these rookies like a Traylon Burks or players like that, even I would probably even start players like Devonta Smith over him who had a bad week this week. But I would definitely be looking at targeting those players more than Ayuk this week, just because I think that they're going to try and limit Trey Lance throwing the ball as much as they can just because of they don't want to put him in a bad situation of what happened last week as well. So yeah, that would be my call to maybe sit Brandon Oak this week if you've got better options. Nice. Well, that brings us to the end of our games of focus. Um, we're going to say, as I mentioned at the start, we're going to look ahead each week to a college player. Um, somebody who's going to be in your drafts next year. Um, this year we're going with Jameer Gibbs. Um, this week, sorry, we're going with Jameer Gibbs. Alabama running back. I mean, had an incredible week one. I mean, Miles, is he just the latest latest in the long line of Alabama running backs that are going to come in and do well in the NFL? Uh, yeah, it looks that way. I think he's got the makings of an NFL back because he's very good with his hands and he's okay in pass protection and he plays a bit of special teams as well. So he's got the burst, he's got the energy, he's got the hands... He's 5'11", 200 pounds, I think. So he's built quite well. He's not one of the tiny little scat backs you get. He's pretty bit, pretty decent-sized guy. Um, I think might see him going around mid-early... Well, I'd say mid-first round in our rookie drafts if we're thinking about value right now because I still think, you know, there's guys like Bijan, Robinson, and CJ Stroud and Bryce Young that will probably go ahead, but... Jameer Gibbs does look like a pretty solid lock for an early round fantasy back. Nice. I mean, David, I mean, no one, I don't know anyone that puts in more more hours 
on fancy football than you. I mean, you're already, we're in a league where we've already drafted some of these players. I mean, compared to some of the other running backs in that class next year, where do you think he stacks up? Um, obviously, Bijan Robinson's um, top of the list, but um, I'd probably have um, Jamal Gibson, yeah, probably the top yeah, six or seven, I think. Um, as Miles says, he's he's known for his, his pass catching as well, and that always translates very well to the NFL, so... Yeah, I think there's a there's a definite chance for him. Um, yeah, there's Bijan. Um, there's a guy at Georgia that I've nearly... Well, we did that Future League and there was a guy at Georgia that I didn't take and they reckon he's going to be highly rated. I've just found his name for you. Hang on a minute. I can't find his name now. Let's come back to me. It's not Milton, is Milton? it? Yeah, so yeah, Milton. Yeah, I, I nearly took him last year, and he's he's very highly rated. So um, there's quite a few in in there next year um, that are going to come out. I mean, everyone's stocking those twenty three picks. And I think it's mainly for the running backs. Yeah, I mean, Ash in one of our first and ten dynasty leagues, you, uh, I think you basically had about three hundred first rounders last year. Um, hmm. Traded all, all your all your picks away in the start up to. Uh, have lots of rookie picks. I mean, is the sort of player you're going to be targeting coming into the NFL? Yeah, I mean, if I'm honest, he's obviously he's transferred from Georgia Tech, but he does remind me a lot of Alvin Kamara, to be honest. Um, I think he's very much in that style of play. Obviously, he's now transferred to Alabama. They're going to use him a lot this year, but with just the way he runs, he just really does remind me of Kamara. There's there's, there's some players, obviously, this year, you've got like XB and Evans and... Uh, Robinson as well, obviously, to see how the, the year progresses and see how they rank. But just as just as a profile on Gibbs, I, I do think that if he does come out next year, because obviously there's always that chance that he doesn't, but because I think he's a junior, so there's a chance that he doesn't. But I would definitely be targeting of your mid sort of first rounds for sure, probably six or seven at the moment. I would probably say there's a few wide receivers I really like, depending on sort of like where maybe their landing spots are but yeah this this guy looks the real deal especially in PPR leagues where you're getting part of your your pass catching backs he really really does remind me of Alvin Kamara so if he's anything close then you're going to have an absolute stud for um, years to come yeah, not so Kick, return kicks in the in college and well at Georgia Tech I don't think he's doing it at Alabama but yeah looks like a potential star doesn't he I mean I think that'll wrap us up for this week so Quite a long show this week. Um, so, I mean, my quick look. How, how's all your how's all your week ones gone? I mean, Ash, you uh, you off to a flyer? Yeah, not too bad. So, um, I'm in a couple of salary cap leagues, and um, there's been a few. Uh, I, I hate having defenses, and there's one one division that that cost me a D, a D this week. So, I'm hoping to get out of these. Um, they're hopefully changing it over when they don't have a defense next year. So that's the that's the key. But it didn't start too bad. There's had a few mishaps and I've got a few good good um teams. But yeah, overall, not a bad first week to be fair in most of my leagues. That's good. Miles, you uh you're leading the way in our in our podcast league, six team yeah. league with absolutely huge rosters. I mean, is is that a reflection of the rest of your fantasy league? Um well I'm in I'm in nine leagues and I went six wins, three losses this week. So a pretty strong start. Solid. Can't um, much more than that, Sa- can you? Saquon Barkley and DeAndre Swift have done the business for me in multiple leagues this week. Like I'm very happy with with 
going for them in rounds one and two um, in, in multiple leagues. Great bunch of guys. <laughs> David, I mean, you're, you might be in even more leagues than I am. Um, how, how's your first week gone? Killed by yes. Akers or anyone like that? Yeah, I've got I've got Cam Akers in six leagues, and yeah, I basically want his head on a stick. So um, <laughs> yeah, uh, redraft I did terrible. I had a terrible week redraft. I think I lost all of them. Um, terrible in the Warrior Bowl, but um, yeah, not too bad in Dynasty. Um, even won a few when I was carrying Cam Akers, and he's zero. I had Devonta Smith in a few, and he's goose egg as well. But yeah, not too bad in Dynasty. But yeah, redraft was a complete disaster. Yeah, there's, uh, there's definitely been some uh, absolutely brutal, brutal uh, week ones for some of these players. I mean, that'll wrap us up. So, I mean, where can we find everyone? Uh, Miles, where can people hear more from you? Um, on Twitter at Miles Burrell. Nice. And Ash, what about you? Yeah, I'm at Twitter as well. Mine is um, at Tilza999. And David, I mean, you're, uh, you're giving yours out. I know you've you know, got some stalkers around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um my at is uh just ranking 20 but um could change to 30 within a few weeks so <laughs> uh, that is about your 15th account isn't it <laughs> yeah so yeah it could be well you can find us at first and 10 underscore um so podcast make sure you uh subscribe review all, all of that jazz you, you know you know the deal You've listened to enough podcasts to uh, know what you have to do, but just make sure you actually do it. Um, right. Well, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Um, so yeah, well, we'll actually be back Friday with a preview of week one, but we'll be back with this show next Wednesday. Um, well, until then, we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>